Welcome to Hey There Sunshine. We all know life can be dark and grey at times, but this podcast is about finding your sunshine and how to have more of it in our lives. If you want to hear real stories from everyday people, chats with health professionals and self-reflections, then this is the podcast for you. Let's break the stigma of mental health and open up the conversations. Hi everyone, I've just gone back and listened to this episode and I do just want to say that I do understand, I'm fully aware that this um, this discussion comes from a, a, a place of privilege of um, being able to have children and having children, I guess, without too much trauma or setback and so if you are someone who has um, been having a bit of trouble in this space um, then I'm first of all I'm really sorry and second of all this might not be something that you really want to hear today Um, so yeah just be wary of that thank you Hello everyone, welcome back to or welcome to the Hey There Sunshine podcast. I'm your host Courtney. I'm recording this podcast from the lovely Gold Coast. I'm sitting in my hotel room. Um, I have been to a hens. I have had a really nice day yesterday where I went for a walk. I went and bought a book. I journaled. I got room service for dinner, I just laid by the pool, relaxing. Um, Yeah, it's been really nice. Um, So yeah, really, really good time. I feel very, very grateful. Um, My recommendation this week is it's a journaling prompt. And if you're not into journaling, give it a little go. See how you go with it. Yesterday I journaled on, it was just like writing to someone in my life who I wanted to say some things to, but probably couldn't say those things exactly how I've written them. And so I, yeah, sat down and I journaled what I was thinking and feeling and it was very cathartic. So if you're feeling, yeah, it could be anyone and it doesn't, it could be about anything maybe someone that's not here anymore or someone that you don't see very often or um anything have a little crack and i'd love to know if you do have a go at that journal prompt so today i am sharing some things that i would love to go back and tell myself before having kids and to be honest i could have kept going (laughs) i think i got to 12 in my little list here um, I could have kept going for sure, but yeah, I just thought it'd be cool to just share a few things that I would go back and tell myself. And look, I think the thing is with this, right? And I'm sure everyone that's got kids would agree. Some of these things that you hear, people tell you things about becoming a parent, but until you are in it, you you just, and like anything in life, you just can't truly have a full understanding of things until you actually go through it yourself. Um, we can try and maybe 
maybe if you have been really super close to someone who's been really open and um, yeah, really, really open about lots of things to do with becoming a parent, you may have had a, a pretty good idea of what it's like. Um, but yeah, I think until you're really, truly in it, um, you can, yeah, it's, it's hard to fully have a full understanding of it. So yeah, I'm going to go through 12 things today that I would go back and tell myself before I had children. Okay, so let's get started. So number one, pregnancy is not always the glowing, beautiful time that it can be made on TV. You won't be the Fitzbo healthy eating pregnant woman that you thought, and that's okay. And I'm sure there are so many people that can relate to this. I honestly thought I'm going to treat my body like a temple. I'm going to be eating like so many nourishing foods and I'm going to make sure that I eat really healthy so my baby's getting so much lovely nutrition. I'm going to move my body. I'm just going to be this, yeah, amazing, healthy, in inverted commas, person. That was not the case. I lived on <laughs> basically whatever I could stomach, meagering, pasties, bread, far out. I reckon, I think there was one week that I calculated, I think I ate about 36 pieces of toast in a week because that was literally all I could eat. Um, so, yeah, pregnancy may not be what you expect and that is okay. That is the case for so many women and I think often we see, I think it's getting better now, but, yeah, I think I used to see, like, yeah, pregnant people on Instagram, like, still exercising and et cetera, et cetera, and that just wasn't my experience, and I know it's not for a lot of you. Um, number two, just about every tricky stage of parenting will pass. It will. It may feel like an eternity, but it will pass. Sickness, that's hard. Wake-ups are hard. When your toddler is refusing to get dressed, when they won't get in the car seat, when they refuse to brush their teeth, when they don't want to have a bath, when they're pulling everything out the cupboards, when they're waking up every hour, it passes and it's fucking hard and it can be frustrating, all of those things, but they do outgrow most stages and phases and it does get that little bit easier. And, yeah, one day it'll just, it'll stop and you won't even realise, like, oh, Bo, at one stage Bo would not wash his hands after go the to going to the toilet. And I, I think I, I remember sharing on Instagram stories, like having these standoffs with him where he just would not wash his hands. And now he does it every time without being asked. And I don't even know when or how or why that happened, but it just did. And, you know, he just they just outgrow these phases. Number three, 
Having expectations of situations, people and experiences can often lead to disappointment and heartbreak. This for me is a big one and I'm still learning this massively. There's been so many things that I've had expectations of and I thought would be a, go or be a certain way or people would do certain things and that hasn't been the case. And, yeah, it's left me a little um, disappointed and heartbroken. Um, so I think having expectations sometimes can be a little harmful. Number four, worrying about stuff that hasn't happened yet is such an energy drainer and this this is uh, you know I think this is all part of like the way I present with my anxiety I spend a lot of time and have spent a lot of time worrying about things that haven't happened and may not happen um for example I was so worried about how I was going to cope being home with the two boys for 18 months. I really didn't know how I was going to go. And when I was pregnant, that was a huge, when I was pregnant with Alfie, that was a big thing that I would get quite worked up about. Um, and especially like I knew that Chris was going to be working away quite a bit early this year. Um, and yeah, I sent myself into, yeah, panic attacks and all sorts because I was just worried about what that was going to look like and how I was going to cope and what, all those sorts of things. Kindy for next year. I'm going back to work next year and I've been worried about how Bo, how we're going to get Bo to kindy, whether he's even going to be able to go to kindy anymore because of my work hours and the, the kindy start and finish times, et cetera, et cetera. And I know this is very normal for a lot of parents to be thinking about the, these things and it's because we care. Um, but also it's very draining to be always living in the future and worrying about things in the future that you can't control. And I think that's a huge one for me. And I guess this doesn't just apply to having kids. It's just life in general. But, yeah, don't worry about things that haven't even happened. <laughs> Number five, I did do this. But, yes, go to mum's group, give it a crack. It might be shit. You might not get along well, well with the people. But what if... You meet some of the kindest, most caring people you know. What if you find a little support network? What if you find beautiful friendships that you know you'll have for a long time? What if your kids make beautiful friendships from that? It could be very special. I was so, I really, so I really wasn't that keen on going and I don't think I would have if um, someone I know had a baby two weeks before I did and we 
I was like, okay, she's doing it. I'll make sure I'm in the same mother's group as her. And I did. I rang up and I said, I want to be in her mother's group. <laughs> and oh, I'm so glad I did because um, I've ended up with some beautiful friendships and just honestly the most thoughtful, loving, compassionate women in my life because of making that decision and I have no bloody regrets whatsoever. Number six, don't eat rich stuff like osobuco and lamb shanks in like rich red sauces when you're pregnant. That's all. I'm not going any further into that. But if I could go back and tell myself that, I absolutely would. <laughs> Number seven, you might think, oh, my relationship isn't going to change when we have kids. It will. And it should. It will become more challenging. You will have arguments about stupid stuff like what temperature to put the air conditioner on in the baby's room and other silly stuff. But also you have an opportunity to learn about each other and grow together. And yes, you can be so tired and you can feel the pressures of finances and time and energy and all the things that come with running a household, working, parenting, um, life admin, all of those things. But you can also really find each other within all of that. And it does take work. Relationships take work. They're not meant to be easy. I wish they were. But you do have an opportunity to learn each learn about each other. And you have to grow together. Number eight, I did not I did a breastfeeding course, like workshop or whatever. It was part it was just part of what my hospital offered. In the, and I did not know this. I don't know how I didn't know this, but anyway, in the beginning, babies can breastfeed every two to three hours. So it might not, it might feel like you only just get them off your boob and then they're back on there again. Because in the beginning, it can take 30 to 45 minutes to feed your baby. So like you might only get an hour and a half or less break between feeds. And that's how I felt in the beginning with Bo and it was a huge, huge shock to me and I, I think because of it I didn't enjoy breastfeeding as much as I could have because I just felt so like just stuck in it. <laughs> like I think I went from thinking, oh, I like being pregnant and I had really bad back pain and was really quite sore um, because it turned out that Bo was anterior. He was pressing on my spine which we didn't find out until I had him but I was like oh, I can't wait to get out of this couch and then I was back in the same spot on the couch breastfeeding and um that was a that was a huge shock for me and like the actual the physical part of breastfeeding for me was fine but it was more like the mental part of 
yeah, it just feeling so constant and it was a shock. Um, but the feeds will get, like the time between feeds will get longer and it will start to feel more manageable or maybe it won't and that's okay. You don't have to breastfeed. To be honest, having that bottle option is fucking awesome too because then you do, you can go out and do something yourself like get your hair done without having to take the baby with you if that's what you want, if you want that time to yourself. A bottle is actually something that can give you a bit more freedom, which for me was was important. And I actually, with both kids, even with Alfie, when my supply was fine and I didn't need to introduce bottles, I still chose to do that because of my experience with Bo and having that little freedom. Number nine, your family need you. You are important and your needs are important. In the beginning, it might just be the small things that you need to focus on to meet your needs, like showering. It's quite common for some mums to not shower for three to four or days or longer. And that's just like, that's not okay. Like you deserve to shower every day. And so in the beginning, it might look like fucking just getting to have your daily shower. And if it's a little hard to do that when like by yourself with with bubs, then say to your partner, as soon as you get home, I just, I just need a shower. Or, you know, once you've, you've said your hellos, you've hung out for a bit, that's your time. You need to go shower. I know that's a small thing, but I think in, at the start, it's those little daily things for yourself. You deserve to wash your body. You deserve to be clean. You, you just, you don't deserve to be filled, uh, covered in or smell like vomit from yesterday or sour breast milk. You deserve to have a shower. And as time goes on, that might look different in terms of meeting your needs. Allow yourself the walk. Your family, you know, walking for, for me or it might be something else for you. It might be a quick coffee date with a friend or um, it might be going to have a bath or maybe it's really important to you that you get your eyelashes done. Whatever that little thing for you is, your family can survive without you for a small amount, you know, for a bit of time. I'm talking about in the beginning here when Bubs is probably quite dependent on you. You can go and for a walk for 20 to 30 minutes or, or longer. Get some fresh air, move, be in your thoughts for a while. They will be fine without you for, for that time. You're allowed to do it. Put your needs first. And as time goes on, those things will be able to be bigger things. Going out for dinner and 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 missing bedtime or as time gets on goes on you will 
be able to do more things for yourself and you matter and you deserve to do those things. Number 10, I guess very much related, communicate your needs and ask for help. People aren't mind readers and as hard as it can be sometimes, tell them what you need. Ask ask for the help, which I'm still working on, (laughs) but do it. And do you know what's hard sometimes is sometimes you don't even know what you need, which can be really tricky. And that's where maybe journaling or reflecting on what you did for yourself pre-children and how you might be able to incorporate that now. Number 11, follow your gut. You know what's right for your child. You really do. I I guess I'm thinking specifically medically here. Um, I still remember taking Bo to the doctor and I had to jump through all the hoops because, you know, it was COVID and um, I couldn't go and see my GP without a a negative COVID test. And it was so frustrating because he kept getting freaking tonsillitis and every time that happened, it would be way too long between him actually getting any proper care because I would have to get him to the COVID testing centre, do that, freaking hold him down while he's screaming because every time we went, he knew exactly where we were and he didn't want... he. He knew what was happening and he didn't like it and didn't want to do it. So we'd go through all that and then it would be over 24 hours before we got the result and then I'd have to try and get into the doctor. And so sometimes by the time he'd had symptoms and we'd worked out what was going on between then and actually getting to the GP and getting what he needed, getting the antibiotics and stuff, it would be like two, maybe three days in between. And by then he's really unwell and he's a lot worse than what he should have been and I just remember having to push and yeah really get quite pushy about that with um with GPs and doctors and stuff and I they would not see us because he had cold flu symptoms with the fever and the runny nose and stuff with the tonsillitis they wouldn't even let us go into the room like into inside the the GP which I'm sure that's happened to a lot of you um so I remember the GP it wasn't our normal GP came out and he Bo was sitting like having a yogurt in his car seat and the because we were like trying to keep him busy while he was while we're waiting in the car and um the GP's like, oh he seems fine he's like having his yogurt blah 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 I was like yeah I know he's eating <laughs> but he's not well like please look at his tonsils and so the GP did and they he was like oh my god they are massive like his tonsils were touching and I knew they were touching because I'd looked at them myself and yeah it's just follow your gut there are so many things um 
so many scenarios that you we, we need to use that for. So, and don't be afraid to just voice what you want for your child. If you don't want your child eat, eating something specific or if you want some, things done a certain way and you have good reasons for them, then then voice it and it can that can be really hard and sometimes people think you're an idiot but if that's important to you at the time then just do it maybe second time around it might not be so important that's certainly what's happened for me but at the time that's if that's what you need then that's what you need um number 12 last one when people say that being a parent is the hardest but best thing. It is, there's just absolutely no other way to describe it and it could not be more the truth. Reliving, reliving your childhood through your own childhood is so magical, it's so special. Creating family traditions is just incredibly special getting to parent and raise a child how you want and what with what you believe is important with your values is such a gift and is so beautiful hearing your child laugh is just the most amazing sound in the world bringing your child joy and seeing that sparkle in their eyes is also just bloody magic. Family time is so important and just cherish it. Do the experiences, do the things. It might be, (laughs) there might be meltdowns. You know, we've just got back, we've just done a Queensland holiday for a week. And yes, there were there was screaming and meltdowns and punch-ups and arguments and all of those things and I know I've talked about those and I know I've sounded quite negative but there's also some beautiful memories in there too, some experiences that we've given our kids that they wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, Yeah going to wet and wild, being being on the beach and playing and building sandcastles, like that's an image I won't forget is the boys just playing in the sand and having just the best time building sandcastles and building trenches and all of those things. It's just, yeah, creating memories is so special and they don't have to be big Queensland holidays and whatever. It, it can be the simple things, the absolute simple things. So, yeah, parenting really is the most hardest but the most freaking amazing, beautiful thing. It really is. Thanks so much for listening. I... Um, Just, yeah, I think I just wanted to reflect on these things and if anyone is, you know, a 
new parent or maybe going, hoping to be a parent soon or pregnant or maybe you already are a parent, you are probably nodding along at a lot of these things as well. We Yeah, we deserve to look after ourselves and there are so many things that can affect our mental health um, when we are in the midst of parenthood. But at the end of the day, I think we're all just trying to do our best and that's, the, that's all we can do is just do our best, love our kids hard and learn to love ourselves hard too. All right, thanks, guys. I will see you very shortly for our next episode. If you have enjoyed this episode, please do share it on stories. If you've got any feedback, I would love to hear it. If you're connected with anything, send me a message in the DMs at Hey There Sunshine Pod. I would love to hear from you. See you soon. Bye. The Hey There Sunshine podcast acknowledges that we are recording on the traditional country of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains and pay respect to elders past, present and emerging. We recognise and respect their cultural heritage beliefs and relationship with the land. We acknowledge that they are of continuing importance to the Ghana people living today. And we also extend that respect to other Aboriginal language groups and other First Nations peoples.